Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Yes, I'm here, Michael. How are you? Great to be on the I'm show. I'm quite well, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm always smashing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said earlier, prior to the program, that in your new book, yeah. the Steel Night Sessions, you took us on a roller coaster ride. Tell me about this roller coaster. Well, it, it, it was uh, it, it's a much deeper book if you're used to my work. You know, if, you, if you're looking for a party, uh, there, there's some humor in there. I mean, because it's me after mm-hmm. all. But um, it, 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 it's kind of like I decided to go extremely personal, and kind of because okay. I'm deeply private. So I decided to yeah. kind of let people let people in, and a lot of it's pretty obvious what happened in the book. A lot of it deals with death. It deals with a suicide attempt that deals with a lot of things that that probably most people would not publish and talk about. But you know me, I'm just uh, I'm like, hey, I can publish this and exploit the hell out of it. So I do. So right, but, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all great. It's deeper than therapy. But um, well, yeah, no, it's, it's a very deep book. <laughs> it's, it's 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 incredible just the level of insight that you share about yourself. I was. I was stunned, to be quite honest. I really, really was, in a positive yeah. way, in a positive way, because I feel like I learned more about you by by, by reading your work. Well, I'm, I'm glad, and it was it was meant to kind of be that way, and and you know, like I mean, I I like to make everybody laugh, but I just want to that book was probably more for myself than okay. uh, the reader, and I think that's okay. why it connects, you know. So anyway, all right. <laughs> Well, let me ask this question. What do you think you learned about yourself from writing this book? Then I'm really messed up. I'm mm. <laughs> well, I did pick that up. but <laughs> And I had a couple of numbers this, of this people that I was going to give with you therapy-wise. This is laughing with Michael Ingram and John Patrick Bobby. <laughs> what a lovely show. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to worry about it. I know I'm crazy. Well, that's probably why I could relate so well, because I'm crazy, too. So well, see, That's why we get along so well. We we just yeah, we connect so. automatically. It's been too long, Michael. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad yeah. you looked at restraining order and finally learned that we were meant to be together. Now here we are again. Yes. So all the listeners here we are out, again. So. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I'm quite excited about tonight, my friend. Hey, and we're here tonight for you to share work from your book, work from your book and other works that you have, so let's get this party started right. Please share some work with us, some of your work. Um, well, well, we'll start off with something a little bit uh, – we'll, because this book goes up and down, as you said, so let's start off with a little bit uh, more humorous. 
Uh, this is called uh, Real Thoughts from the Thoughtless. Recently, someone asked me, Hey, John, you don't really drink, do you? I was befuddled. How had this person figured it out? Was my cover finally blown? I mean, nobody knew this was all part of a RICO case I had been working on all along. To infiltrate poetic militias. And then in reality, I was really a health nut in a fat suit who only drank fresh water and never touched drugs than anybody else because that can lead to lawsuits of people not liking me on Facebook. I mean, I thought my act was rock, rock solid. I had, to, I had to contact my supervisor. Years of work all went down the drain. Yeah, my name wasn't even John. It was really Gunther Starsberg. How could I have failed on such deep level? I walked off without even replying. I mean, my permanent liver damage and bad heart was such a great disguise. Sometimes I have to question, what are people truly smoking that stumble across my words? For it must be some good shit. You can't make this stuff up, so they say. But they never said you couldn't write about it. Cheers. There you oh, go. Wow. That's that one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that line. Sometimes I have to question what are people truly smoking that stumbled upon my words. Beautiful. I know. Beautiful. Beautiful. I know. I know. Almost as good as what I was smoking in the green room. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully uh, you save some for me. <laughs> well, uh, oh wow, we're not we're not even going to say that we already did. I mean, the party's not the party's not over when we're off air, people. You're just not invited. That's true. Sorry. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give, give uh, us another poem, my friend. <laughs> okay. This is a this is a little bit of a deeper one, and uh, it dedicates to my good buddy, uh, uh, Ryan Quinn Flanagan, brother of the frat. I know he digs this one, and so I'm going to read this for him because I want to prove I can read. He doesn't even believe me. Anyways, this is called Dennis Took a Dive. He was looking for treasure, so he said, in the cold waters below in Marina Del Rey. His friends tried to stop him, but he was full of life and a liter of vodka. His marriage was on the skid. His band wanted him out unless he checked into rehab. He was one of the only ones that could actually surf, a wild man in past heartthrob. He kept diving to his friend's dismay, producing various scraps of junk, a rope, an old picture frame he had tossed from that very same slip from the previous marriage. There was such glee in his insanity and life within his soul, and on Christmas Day, Dennis Wilson dove one last time to never return to this world alive. Maybe he found that treasure he so desired. My hope is he found peace instead. We are but a cork on the ocean. Rest well within her depths. Sail on, sailor. And that's the end of that one. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis took a dive. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. They never found it. Well, they did find it, but anyway. <laughs> Not like he vanished oh, wow. from Arnie or something. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. Wow. <laughs> So he, he took his own life. Well, no, he he you know he was uh, obviously he was very highly intoxicated and going through quite a few things in life like like okay. we do, and mm-hmm. and you know I, probably his heart didn't take it and just you know, he ended up well drowning. So yeah, oh, what wow. a happy that's how you really bring up the uh, room, Michael. You, you mentioned death. <laughs> yes, that's true. That. Uh, that's a party starter, all right. That's a party starter. You know, I've never asked you whether you whether you come from a literary background or not. Oh, 
Um, I would say describe what you mean by a literary background. No, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely. Um, well, uh, oddly enough, my grandfather did uh, write a column for the uh, the local paper in um, in Virginia Beach. I believe it's a pilot. I'm probably you know uh, misquoting that. Uh, you know, but anyway, okay. he won't get too mad. But um, you know, he was you know uh, a fantastic artist. That's who I dedicated the book to. And he was oh, a character right. as well. People think I'm not. They should have met him because <laughs> he was a mm. he was a good character. So yeah. All right. So that's. So that's, what did you learn about about writing growing up? What did you learn about writing? Or was it something that you took on uh, later in life? You know. Well, I mean, no, my art was always around, um, and I was just always naturally in the books. I was just a uh, a bookworm, so I don't. It, it's really hard to remember when it wasn't. You know, I just connected to that escapism, and I guess those writers that influenced me so much. That's what I wanted to do. I thought, wow, that's you know, that's so awesome that I mean, I just wanted to do that. I, I didn't know how I was going to. You know, right. I wasn't the most academic person in the world, but you know, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. But yeah, writing was always there. As for, I mean, it just wasn't. There was never a point that art wasn't around me. So I was very lucky. Oh, wow. in my family was really artistic, so kind of grew up around artists. So I was lucky All on right. that. <laughs> All right, very nice. Yeah. Share another, share another poem, please, for us. All right, this is, uh, this is once again. I mean, it's, it's amazing how I'm reading. I'm being a cartoon character, then I read all this serious stuff. But there's another one, a little bit serious, and kind of got the theme of the book. Um, It's called Company Time. Not so long ago, I tried to commit suicide. Nobody had a clue, nor did I run to social media for sympathy. I swallowed a bottle of pills and washed it down with a few good stiff drinks. I didn't leave a note, for I damn sure didn't want to edit anything, let alone my farewell from this earth. And to my surprise and disgust, I awoke late that afternoon, sick, but very much alive. Writers wondered why their poems were not published, as others inquired about their submissions. This wasn't the first time I attempted to take my own life. But apparently I'm very hard to kill or incredibly stupid when it comes to death. Only one person knew about my true destructive nature, and the guilt I felt for sharing this burden is something I can never explain. People do not need to know my truth, as nobody would truly concern themselves with my departure. Tonight I question how much longer I can keep playing at this facade. I do not care to know this emptiness anymore. I just want peace and my pages to be read. You'll never benefit from knowing the man behind the words, for he is fractured beyond repair and tortured by design. I am buried by addiction and driven in my depression. I hand out humor because I know the pain of feeling nothing at all. I have helped many. The only sad part is I can never help myself. Truth. It's never pretty. Nothing in that one. <laughs> that's, that's a very. I was reading along with you. That's a very, very, very powerful work, my friend. Very powerful. Yeah. Well, that one. Now that was. I mean, you know, when I when when I did the book, I mean, you do. I don't know. It was just something that I just wanted to do a book that was. I mean, I always say I'm unfiltered, but you know, ultimately, sometimes I was holding back. And yes. so I'm not going to hold back at all. So that you know, it's people. It's just that's the thing. Is you know, it's, 
that's who's writing, and therefore it it kind of influenced the whole book. The book's reflecting upon everything, and that's why it's like how, a journey the way it is. Yes, how has your book been received? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, I have to say people are, are were a bit shocked. I think it's like it's shocking okay. at first, but overall it's been really good thus far. You know, I, I think it really, if you go by like sex, drugs, and poetry and things like that, once it's really just more entertainment driven, when you come across this, it's just different. It, it you know, as as you know, as you, as you experience, it just will, it is a roller coaster ride to a degree. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take you through all those emotions and probably. Like you said, it's a little bit different than what people would expect, but I think that's good. I don't think I think every book should be different, you know. So that you know, hope that that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Your story, your poem, "Company Time," could be my story. There are so many truths. Really? As you say, as you state, truth is never pretty. There are so many truths in this in this work that I could totally relate to. I could totally, totally relate. And have felt sometimes yeah. myself on the verge of despair and not knowing how to, mm-hmm. to, to rise out of it. So I can understand. Yeah. No. Yeah, it really touched yeah. me. It, no, well, I'm I'm glad that it's like a it's uh no. That it like I said, the book I I don't know. I I it's the book I had to do. I had the title right. for years. And I just wasn't the I wasn't the writer I needed to be to write it. And then I now I finally am, I guess. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. it's a different book. I will say that. If you're gonna buy one book by me, I would buy this one. So All right. You know. Well let's let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. Scott, though, and I'm very attractive. 
Well, thank you. I'm glad to know. I can tell by the by your voice. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. I got a serious though, dude. Like, I don't know. You want to tell, like, anything crazy ever happened while, like, you work on the book, man? I just figured it'd be interesting. Oh, crazy that happened on a book? Let's see. Um, I think we had a little tornado come through. I've had uh, a fire. I've had, um, yeah, I haven't been hit by lightning, but I'm holding out as much as I seem oh, to wow. play with everything. So, yeah, I mean, everything crazy happened. And uh, once again, my lovely co-editor, Scott Simmons, just so Michael does, like, wow, who's this kid that sounds like he's on way too many drugs? <laughs> he editor in with a dope team <laughs> Damn it, John, you need my cover. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Yeah, man. Just want to say, dude, we are going real well, man. All right. Thank you, Scott. That's very nice to know. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for letting me on, Michael. All right. All right. All right. John, without further ado, I'm turning the program over to you. Share some more of your work. Okay. Let me tell them after. Anyways. People wonder why, you know, when you when you call your magazine the Dope Scene Daily and you sound like you have to be scraped off the wall, it's very fitting. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, all right, I always read one for a very good uh, friend of class, um, uh Robert Lee White, and this is one for him. Um, this is called Sonny. Often we saw him as me and Robert were always in different stages of hungover and always eager to get home and chase the buzz all over again. But as we checked out from the usually tourist-packed grocery store, it never failed. We always saw Sonny. Sonny was a Down syndrome kid who had a, who was nicknamed Sonny because no matter rain or shine, he was always happy. And all truth, he was a grown man I recalled seeing since I was a little kid. He bagged groceries for people, largely ignored him. He's the one they chose not to see. His speech was a bit off. His mood always happy. He cracked Robert up, and Sonny was just happy not to be ignored. It's funny how normal people shun what they deem broken. As so-called Christians act more as hypocrites, turning a blind eye to what they deem an embarrassment. Sonny never complained and always smiled. He never saw titles. He only viewed people, no matter if they deserved it or not. More people in this world could benefit more if only they took a page from Sonny's book. My best friend is no longer here. Sonny is still bagging groceries in spite of a world standing upon the brink. As I kill myself a cocktail at a time and wallow in my past failures misery, yet I am viewed better than a man who got handed a far worse hand than I. Seems it's the world that's fractured in its logic. Either way, no matter the shameful, sad stares, Sonny just keeps smiling through it all. In that one. <laughs> That's funny. You know, throughout your work, and I'm glad I have a copy of your book in front of me because that really helps. Yeah. Like I said again, the, the words are so powerful. They're just, to me, just nuggets of truth in every poem. Just Thank nuggets you. of truth. And uh, I really appreciate that, and I'm sure other readers will as well. Is your book available on Amazon.com? Um, currently we are, we're, we just love Lulu so much that they won't even get it up on Amazon, but anyway, no, it will be on Amazon okay. eventually. It is not at the moment, but, uh, we are trying to get it over there. So, you know, okay, so, but, um, so if, 
if one of our listeners wanted to buy your book, they'll need to to head over to lulupress.com. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Get your copy. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Keep going. Share some more of your work. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lighten the mood a little bit and get back to my normal party girl self. So okay, um, uh, yeah, this is this, this is one I'm gonna dedicate to all the folks in the cheap seats tonight. This is called The Devil Mrs. Jones Made Me Do It. I never liked Coke, but I always enjoyed its smell. Drugs are not good for everyone, so leave the heavy stuff to trained professionals like myself. Big girls and high proof cocktails have always been a preferred poison of mine, although I'm up to try just about anything on occasion. Well, almost anything, because although I dabble on occasion, sobriety is one vice that's truly not my cup of tea. Because when it comes to explaining how you ended up going the wrong way down the interstate with a dwarf hooker and a sack of blow, you just can't blame that shit on Skittles and Ben and Jerry's. Cheers. <laughs> that's the end of that one. <laughs> I had to lighten it a little bit. We were getting so we were getting so deep. I don't want people to think I'm, I have a brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> don't fret, don't fret. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so nice. Especially if, if you're on my show. <laughs> oh, I love you on this show. Here you go. You're so good, why do you think I quit doing podcasts? I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I can be on Michael's show and have fun and not got to crazy folks. We're the, the little show that could. The little show that could. All right. Please, please continue. Share another work, my friend. I'm enjoying you. <laughs> okay. Here, here, here's one of my particular favorites. It's called Bell South. Silence will speak if you listen close, close to mouth. It may be the wind through the trees or its beautiful kiss through a chime. It may be a sunset upon an ocean or simply a view from a backyard, but it speaks to the soul nonetheless. I must distance myself from humanity, for it's human and tidal only. Compassion is replaced by hatred, a storm of mindless rage casting those lost, endless, misguided frustrations. But in the silence is the ultimate understanding. It is in the silence I will remain long after my passing. If ever you are troubled, find a beautiful view and say hello. Mm. That's the end of that one. <laughs> Why is that your personal favorite? Why is that your favorite? One of your favorites? I, I, I you know, I've always, I don't know, I, I, a lot of my, my poems could be stories to a degree. Sometimes they go on a little bit too long. Who knows? You know, I'm, I'm known to ramble. But um, that just to me, I just my best just straight poem, in my opinion. Just Mm -hmm. you know, I was always a fan of Brodigan just because he was so to the point, and um, I just you know that that's just yeah I don't I just love the title. What people don't get was an old. It's funny. I can show you how deep I am. That was an old telephone company. Oh yes, (laughs) I I know Bill South. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my secret out. My mom no. still has a phone with Bell South on it, so I, I know, I know Bell oh, South. Oh wow! <laughs> but yeah, I just like it. It's just it, for me, it was just it was perfect as I could get it. You know, I, I, 
usually sometimes maybe you work on them. I don't. I kind of just, you know, anybody knows I'm a little bit out there. But, uh, no, right. it was just, right. you know, it was just a perfect poem. It just it worked. I didn't need to change anything. So. Well, it's beautiful. Silence will speak if you listen close enough. Wow. Mm. That packs a punch. <laughs> that truly packs a punch. Mm. Wow, wow. Yeah. Share another, share another, share another. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go really deep and, and, and dedicate this to my, my favorite twerk dancer. She's listening and loves alcoholic editor writers. You can contact this show and Michael will give you my number. It's called yes, um, I will. Thank you, Michael. You're a true friend. You're a gentleman yep. and a scholar. But anyways, and it's a called scholar. sexy like this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to finish four books, format a dozen more. I mixed the drinks and decided to watch a court dancer instead. Take her magnificent backyard. You have to keep your priorities straight. Never keep a woman waiting, so they say. Cheers. There you go. She's so deep. I mean, you've got this great, all these deep, like, wow, he tried to, you know, awesome stuff, and then you get, oh, he's a complete dumbass. Thank you. Bravo to me. <laughs> I remember when I read Sexy Lexi, I wasn't expecting a twerk dancer. I um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I give it all, everything to everybody, entertain everybody. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. <laughs> you know, some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out mm. there, there's not much you can do to correct or improve it, while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? Are you an editor? Um, yeah, mine is um, mine is kind of like a lab experiment that escapes. Mm, <laughs> break that down. That's for what us. my poems like. And by the time they, I by the time I I sober up and read them, I'm like, wow, that's where that went. Oops. <laughs> I see it in publication somewhere. <laughs> Knowing that you are a jokester by heart, mm. whether you want to be or not, then it sounds sometimes like you don't want to be. Does writing energize mm. or exhaust you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it, you know, it like when you... As me and Ryan, we always tell me deep cuts. The stuff is really deep and exhaustive at times, and that's why sometimes I you'll read something really funny. It's just because you know, like I can't. It's like with the book. I couldn't just give you because that book, when it comes to editing, was there's like like 15 drafts of that book. It got oh, wow. ridiculous. It drove me really crazy. And but I think when I put it together, I did. A damn good job, but it just, yeah, it it just, it can't exhaust your time. I mean, you know, something make everybody laugh is great, but then when you go deep, 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 it just, you know, takes something out of you. That book definitely took something out of you. Oh, I'm it sure was, I, was, I can understand. It's a lot of work. So, yeah, they're all work, right. but I know. But yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. That's why I have a co-editor. Right. <laughs> Well, let me ask this question then, as before we continue with your work, have you ever thought about writing under a pseudonym? Would it have been easier to do that in terms of sharing your soul? 
Oh, well, no, I I have actually done that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I can't give them away because then, you know, the the Legion of Doom will take away my, my villain card. So, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm so crazy, you know. I got a friend that writes a ton of books, and I write books by other people that probably nobody ever read. They're like, wow, who is this nutcase? Oh wow! Oh yeah! Wow, you're the first guest I've ever had that has a pseudonym. Wow, yes. that's incredible! Yes. Thank you. There may be a book on the market called Frank Murphy of Walls Could Speak. You know, I, I don't know. Some people think we're the same person, but we're really not. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. All right. Share some more of your work, my friend. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out of it. Share some more of your work. Here's one called uh, Haunted Truth They say a ghost is caught in a moment Of perpetual misery Haunted by their past Thoughts for eternity I am haunted yet I breathe air into my lungs I can be seen yet I choose to remain invisible I guess I understand the hell of a burden Of a memory you cannot escape The time is endless Our lives are not But to be trapped in rewind I can certainly hold sympathy for the ghost that haunts a location and the reflection that haunts me. The empty, empty nights and lost souls alike. Salute. Stand in that one. So there you go. You end many of your poems with a salute or a cheers or yes. bye-bye now. Yeah. <laughs> bye-bye, kisses, toodles. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. Why do you? <laughs> wow, Michael, I'm not sure. Like, I can't wait to have this psychopath on the show who just completely messed <laughs> You know, I just uh, you know, big as a thing. I mean, and you can tell I read your book too. I read your book. Oh, I, I read know. your book. You need <laughs> you know that. <laughs> well, I know. I you have my sympathy, but uh, no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I was influenced by a lot of comedians because that's really kind of the road I wanted to go. I really wanted to be a comedic writer, so I just kind of like to always mess with the reader. I like to make them have fun. You know, it's I don't I don't want anything I do to be stock. I like it to all be me. There's one thing about when you read one of my books, you know it's one of mine, and okay. I just want. I want the reader to have fun because I know what it's like to be miserable. So it it's, you know, you think about it. When you read this and, and, and the writer's all of a sudden talking to you directly and messing with you, it kind of makes you, you know, because, like, I'm always appreciative of people who buy my books or, or read my work, and I just want them to laugh. I want them to feel good and kind of, you know, maybe suspend reality for a little moment because life can be hell at times. So oh, yes, sir. I just, you know, that's that's why I do it. It's not to be a jerk. It's just to make everybody laugh, you know. Okay. Okay. All right, then. Share another poem. Share another poem. All right. All right. I'm reading so many deep ones. It's amazing. People are like, wow, John actually has a has a brain. This is scary. No, this is, <laughs> this is one of another, another favorite of mine, personally. It's called the Canner. She gave me a crystal decanter shipped from Ireland me on my birthday, telling me all great writers should have something equally great to hold their whiskey. It was a beautiful bottle, 
but a bottle nonetheless. She always loved extravagant gifts. She loved me then, and I loved the page. I'll never be a great writer, but I have known a few in my time. I still have the memories along with that decanter. I still have the words, but no longer have her. It seems it would have suited another far better than me. It holds the poison as my body traps my soul. It's damn near empty now. Seems I have much in common with that decanter, and nothing much in this life. After all, mm. so, uh, we have another caller, John. We have Uh-oh. another caller. <laughs> all right, let's bring this person on. Uh, Area code seven one seven. The first three numbers are six seven two. You're on the air with John Patrick Robbins. Hey. Hello, hey John. This is hi. This is Kevin Hipschman. How Kevin. you doing? Yeah, hey, Kevin, how you doing? Outstanding Good. writer. I'm, and, uh, I'm digging the show. Hey, man, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, don't worry, yeah, Michael. Hey, this, this one's actually got talent and a great writer and, and editor of uh, Fearless Poetry's name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, are you gonna? will you take a request for me? Uh, sure, sure. Okay, I want to hear Poetry Fakeness. Poetry Fakeness, okay. Yeah. Well, now, now I have. Yeah. Now I actually got to look that one up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what number is that one? Now I have to learn how to count. I mean, I didn't know how to do that. That's what Scott does. He counts for me. Okay. Let's see. Poetry segment. Page fifty seven. Page fifty seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yes, I do it too. Let me get there. Let's see. Michael's like, wow, John is so prepared. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's why he has me on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear more of this one, so yeah, I like this one, too. I like this one, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me try to get through this one and not stumble, but this is uh, my good good friend, Kevin. Awesome writer. You have him on the show. Um, I love to. Hey, the world thanks. Needed... All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right, brother. Thank Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, poetry segment. The world never needed poetry reading. It doesn't need preaching when all hell breaks loose from some pompous windbag. I view Facebook like a disease, much like this virus. It infects the brain, making the unimportant feel relevant. I never felt important or relevant. I just pin lines because murder can get messy. I pin lines because I always have, and will do so no matter if others read them or not. I no longer desire to be at the table of so-called intellectuals, for they are the most toxic group of people I have ever known. I only have a desire to pin lines that suit me and nobody else. The world could learn a lot from silence. It speaks more to an individual's true character than playing games and bullshitting one another into thinking we are all one big happy family. Writers are vastly insecure children, all needing acceptance. And editors have all long since been driven insane from the reality of the job. I never concern myself with false praise, for your hatred is pure, your mock concern is not. It's not in the things you say to make others believe you are better than you truly are. My best lines are to the page, not kissing another's ass. Nobody needs poetry, for true writers know the deck is always stacked against them. 
I'll never read you what I prefer for you to read yourself. I write because the asylum is full and my days grow short. I am a writer and nothing more. All right. Keep that one. Does that what was it like? Yes. What was it like to write this particular piece? Because this, in my mind, sets you apart from others. You know what I'm saying? You, you're showing <laughs> dis, disdain for others. I mean, I guess mm. in terms of feedback, I mean, I mean, like, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. No, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, well, that's the thing. It's not like I'm just not targeting certain people or anything like that. It's just, you know, I mean, with with the book and with everything I was kind of going through, it's just sometimes you get set up with the job. You get set up with, you know, I don't, it's, it's just hard to explain. It's just That's just how I feel sometimes, at times. Yes. It's not directed at anybody in particular. It's just, or if it is, I damn sure ain't gonna say it. Now I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. Oh, I understand. Some, yeah, sometimes I do have that. That you know, I write about. I'm the one guy who I don't filter anything. I say whatever I want, and sometimes it makes me a villain. But I don't really think it makes me a villain because I just speak my mind. I think honesty. You can't really. You can't really shun somebody for being themselves, and I'm myself 100. percent And if you don't like it, you know you know where the door is. You know, you know where the door is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. But uh, I don't think I'm a joke for that. I'm just honest, and that's a very dangerous thing to be nowadays. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It mm. is. I mean, I agree 100. percent Wow. Share another poem. Yeah. Share another poem. All right. Um, I'm gonna uh, let's see here. As I go through, I'm like, wow, John, you're once again so prepared for this this fine poetry reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, here's one. If you if you people want to go and and kind of wow, he just likes to smack everybody pretty much. He's verbally abusive. <laughs> Tell them. This is called Doing Time Within My Mind. She asked me why I always seemed to love wallowing in my misery. And better yet, why I had never left a small island that seemed to suit me more as a prison cell than a home. I was never happy unless I was drunk. And I was seldom happy if ever she was around. Sometimes the wrong people in your life can make you feel more empty than if you were actually in a room with only your own thoughts. I ignored her like I did those that never concerned my thoughts or shared anything more than a bed and an orgasm. Misery starts from within, and some people would be lost without something to bitch about. I am empty, the page seldom is. I have plenty of shared rambling thoughts from the writers that have visited my mind's asylum. If I was to spend my existence in false imprisonment, then dear Lord, please give me solitary confinement. That's the end of that one. I'm so nice. <laughs> no wonder I have a you know, <laughs> In your book, that poem is on page three, and it's and page four is Bell South. So, how do you feel yeah. about doing time within my mind? Was there? I mean, did you think like, wow, I need to put those two poems together? How does that work process work for you? How did you go about positioning those um, poems in your book? Well, to me, 
like the flow of a book is like a great album. It is like music to me. Okay. And it has to flow. It has to have this. You know, if I just kind of kept the same vibe, it, it, it would just be like, God, this guy's just a bitter prick. And, but I don't want to do that. So I want to, like, lighten the mood, then I hit you with the hammer over the head, then I make you laugh, yes. then I take you out for drinks, then you're like, wow, he's yes. a great guy, then, he, then I leave you and make you think I'm a jerk. So, like, yeah. Right, right. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. It just That's explains exactly the important. way I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There you go. The flow is very important. Me and it was just kind of showing you it, it, it was like taking into my life, is what the book was like. I am okay. very private, and so it, it's just like you know, I mean, I people don't know this, but I'm actually an editor, I don't want to advertise that because I don't want them to bother me anymore. But that, right, all right, <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, it, that's just what it is. It's like behind the scenes, I was not going to filter it all and just let you see how it is, and I'm just glad it connect to me. For the people who love it, they're the ones that I care about. They don't, right? Like I said. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think that someone could be a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Uh, There's a lot of strong emotions in your in your work. Um. Well, yeah, I think there's plenty of people that run around and don't have a lot of strong. You know, it's like you know, you don't have. Do like I do. In fact, I think a lot of people don't. Um, okay. It's not easy to do that, you know. But that's just how I write. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't come from an academic background. I don't. You know, I wasn't even supposed to do this at all. I was kind of like, if you go from when I was growing up as a kid, which is a real horror story. Um, you know, I was just told I couldn't do this. That I would, you know, and I mean. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, you don't have to write the way I do. I just never had anybody mess with it. So this is why I write the way I do. I, you don't have to write deep. Some people don't. There's quite a few people who, who don't, actually. But, you know, I, I I can't condemn anybody for how they, they do their, you know, thing. I just, I'm an artist with that. It's self-expression. And there really is no good or bad art. It's like music. Okay. You may not like okay. something. It, there's always somebody who loves that song, you know, or that. And so, to me, I don't judge anything like that. Okay. So, sorry if All I right. just rambled. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Just listening to you is great. It's great. So what do you hope that readers get from encountering your poems? One, that you're human, that you speak truth. Mm. What else do you hope that they get from encountering your work? I mean, I don't know what I just just the realness, just you know. Uh, aside from the, you know, unfortunately, probably the editing thing probably caused me more backlash than anything. I got in this mm-hmm. to be a writer, not an editor. You know? Okay. And I and I'm really that that's the thing. You know, I just just I'm just myself. You know, I'm not some <laughs> you know I'm not some monster. I'm just just me, you know, take the time to read okay. it and you probably you might dig it or you might not, but at least you'll know where I stand, I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. So Well let's yeah. let's take a brief break and we'll be right back.
are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with John Patrick Robbins, and he's sharing poetry from his book, his newest book, The Still Night Sessions. Tell me about the title. Um, the title was just something I had for years before I before I even had my first book out, which is technically a cold beer boots with one heart. Um, I had that title. And I always uh I'm always I'm a real big jazz fan. So, you know, there's always those jazz sessions that they would have you know, they would name the different, you know, sessions and all that and so I liked that title and I said that just flowed. I liked it. And so I just kept it. <laughs> like some people all say right. you gotta write it down right away. So no. It was just a title I had for a lot of years and it's just uh, but that's mainly its influence, really. So Still nice sessions. It's a beautiful title. It really is, and it and it fits the work perfectly. Please share some more of your work, John. Please, please, please. All right. Uh, I guess my absolute favorite of the book. And um, uh, I guess I'll explain afterwards. Um, it's called Across Something. We parked and watched the sunrise on that cold October morning, standing on a dead-end street. It had an incredible view. It's perfect, baby. You said to me as we stood together. I remained silent, for even my smart-ass nature couldn't ruin the moment. As the sun rose over the trees and embraced the earth, in that moment, all was perfect. It remains an evergreen in my nightmare's existence. I recall us together as a dream. Now my life is vacant of any form of true happiness. The sacrifice made remains unblemished. As we viewed the world awaken together, I reflect upon this chapter often. In the back pages of my life story, there are many thoughts I hold tightly. As now I alone, which I only can hold on to you. There are many regrets. There are just as many memories I cherish. This was just a glimpse inside. Watch the sunrise if you can, someone you truly love. This life knows much tragedy. Make an evergreen for yourself. And hold on to whatever brings you happiness, if only you can. That's the end of that one. So. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> that was a, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, and that's, uh, people don't know, that's the, the, the close of the book. But, uh, you know, I think that's probably the whole thing about the book is, like, don't, and I don't mean this in a bad way, and I know people probably will take it that way, but as much as art important, you know, people in your life are way more important. Yes. You know, because I think that's the thing. I kind of lost all of that to this, and it's a very hollow thing at times. And so uh, that was just the main message of that, That, and that was the closing uh, poem. I just knew that was, and I wrote it. I actually wrote that was at the very end of the book. I needed one more, and that was kind of on the spot, and that was it. You know. so, well, the yeah. line, the two lines, this life knows much tragedy, make an evergreen for yourself. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's, it's a two-life one, and it's just it's a little bit hard to, to read, but, it, you know, it's, it's uh yeah. That's my favorite, if people want to know. Uh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, there's a lot. When it comes to that book, that's just the book that I just really believe in. It's just mm-hmm. me. A lot of times I kind of held back or I would entertain more. I would, 
you know, I'd give the reader a lot of laughs. But okay. uh, not in this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as, as to me, from reading it, it was to me it just sounded as if, read as if you were embracing who you are, the good, bad, and indifferent of you. And yeah. that's all we can do. That's all we can do. I don't know. I, I just—it's an incredible work, man. I I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It's not what people expect. I will say that. You grab it, it's, right. it's more of an experience right. as far as the book goes, you know. And and like I said, those who read it were kind of like, well, it's it's very different. If, if you pick up any of my books, you can't compare it to those. Not it would be unfair. So mm-hmm. and nail it on the head. It's just the way it is. It's how I meant it to be. So And yeah. I may have already asked this question before, but what surprised you the most about producing such a work? Um I think I think my co my co editor best buddy Scott would tell you what surprised me is how much crazy things happened around this book. I mean just like our, our <laughs> <laughs> Our first show that didn't happen. Uh, right. <laughs> um, <It's true. laughs> I, again, if you need a white person, do not call me. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, it was there was what's that? There was so much bad that that was that really was well that happened in life, like anything in life, that mm-hmm. all this came from from that and yet it created something really powerful and really different and that's what amazed me and I think honestly it was I mean to be honest I was completely nervous when I put it out there and I think that's good okay. I think you should be you know I don't want to be very complacent with my work ever yes it's not changing and I don't want to do it anymore so yeah <laughs> well yes. you know as you as you as you once this pandemic is over, whenever that is going to be, hopefully sometime soon. Mm. How important is you? How important is it to you to participate in poetry readings and other live events? Do you um, share your poems you know, with anyone before you decide to complete them to completely finish them? Are you part of a yeah. writing workshop? I mean, that's a lot in one one thing, but how important yeah, is it no, to no, share no. your work? Um. You know, as far as promoting the book and, and reading, I, I'll, I'll gladly do that. Um, okay. You know, I I don't I actually am not that confident as a reader. I just don't think I'm all that great because I'm kind of a cut up. I can't help it. I will always I'll always crack a joke. That's just me. I don't know if you noticed this. But, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I've, but, I've noticed. Um, yeah. Well, I hope so. <laughs> um, as far as a workshop or letting other people see my work, and then, you know, I just, you know, I, I you know, I kind of, I got published and, and kind of did everything my own way, and I think, you know, but it is good sometimes to have outside input. It is. It is. You shouldn't, I always want to kind of, I want to push myself artistically. But then again, you know, I could have, Taking this same book and and put it on somewhere else, and and maybe they would have you know chopped it up, done this, done that. It, it wouldn't be the same, mm-hmm. you know. 
it, you could just have another ordinary poetry book, and I don't want to do that. And that's not a knock against anybody. That's just I knew that I could do it and I could put it together. And so no, I just ultimately you got to be your worst critic, and I am because there's okay. for as many things as you read in the still night, there's probably a ton more things that were cut out. So yeah, but no, I'm not a part of any kind of workshops or anything like that because those two four people if they try to teach me something I feel sorry for them. You know, I've uh, I've been working on a book now for 15 years, mm. and it's it's almost finished. <laughs> Actually, it is finished, but I'm afraid to take the next step in terms of publishing. I'm afraid to yeah. do that, and I'm afraid to to let my work be seen by others. I guess because it is so personal. Yeah. And I don't know how to 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 overcome that to to just do it. Any suggestions? It, it, it it's it's the hardest thing to do. With this book, it you know I wasn't. It's not like I didn't have an editor. It's not like that. So it it, it is hard. Like I went through this deeply personally, and then to hand it over. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. Maybe not for some people, but I do get that because this book. God, it's taken forever. If you think how long the title was sitting, there, there's a whole other version of this. Right. And to be honest, it's pure crap. And I'm glad that I totally redid it. It, it was like a there's, there's a 40 poem version of this, and it's just not what it should have been. And I knew it. It's the hardest wow. thing to do to hand it over. I, you know, that's up to the artist. That you, you all internally sometimes it is hard to give something that's part of you up and then be like, okay, let's hand it over to the buzzard so to speak and kind of pick it apart, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can't really tell anybody how. You know, that's why, as far as like I am as an editor, I try not to do that. I okay. don't want to go and say, oh, you need to change. I can't tell somebody how they need to express themselves. And, you know, that's why that's, I probably work better, but I just try to, you know, you can see where sometimes, yeah, there need to be some changes made. It depends on the editor that you're going to send it to, you know. Okay. If okay. they really are good at what they do, I think they're, you know, it'll be a positive experience. But, yeah, you got to get it out there because it's an artist right. and that's what you meant to do. <laughs> We've got another caller. We've got another caller. Mm-hmm. Another caller on the line. I'm going to bring All this person right. on. <laughs> Area <laughs> code five zero four. The first three numbers are two two eight. You're on the air with John Patrick Robbins. Good evening. Hey, J- John. Just wanted to say that the new poems they really do have a depth to them, and almost like a uh, different level of craftsmanship. And so I say, keep going with that. Whatever terrible stuff you had to go through to get those poems. Find some more terrible stuff to go through for a little while. Well, uh, thank you, brother. That's a uh, that's a hell of a compliment, man. I really do appreciate that. I really do. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. yeah no, no problem at all. Just really, really great um, from from this book. It, it, it's a, it's a different level. So I would you know float around with it for a while. That's what thank that's you. what I would say. You know. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and Michael, as far as putting your Michael, as far as putting your book out, think of it this way: if it's personal to you and you just keep it, 
you don't give it a chance to become personal to somebody else. Oh wow, now that's deep. That's deep. Mm. <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep one. No. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Thank Great you for show. That. Great show. All John, right. fantastic it. stuff. All right, brother. All right. All right. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, you got good I people mean, supporting you, my friend. That's the best compliment. I care about yeah. the writers I respect. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they dig it and everybody who is in that kind of circle, all my brothers, you know, once it can't call in, they, it's all been that kind of reaction. And it's just... I don't know. I'm like going in a different direction. You know, right. I'm not saying I right. can't make people laugh because I'm always going to make them. I'm always me. <laughs> but yes. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, it's just different, and I want to explore that space. I think there's a lot more for me to say, and I, I really do appreciate that from uh, Todd Sorrello, who's another great writer and, uh, right. and publisher. And, and uh, he can definitely answer all the editorial questions way better than I can. <laughs> well, we we have time for one more poem, one more good poem. Mm. Please share another. One more good poem. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what, Michael? I wrote one just for yourself. No. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to. I'll be kind of funny. Let's let's go mid tempo. Okay. I really want to push the book, so I'm not going to be a clown. Um. You know, sometimes I am viewed as villain, so this is uh, called Villains Are Needed. Facebook friends are bullshit, as virtual anything won't get you anywhere in reality. Pain, death, and taxes are concrete. Riders' egos are built like castles, sitting in nervous anticipation of the tide. I never met a rider I'd concern myself over if they were in a bar, but I have met many who proved me. Prove to me hearing loss isn't such a bad deal after all. You can concern yourself with a fake person's approval. I have no concern for anyone but myself. Truth speaks louder than paid likes and bullshit comments. Hate is needed because more truth is told than rage. But there is no substance in sugary sweet words with no real meaning. I need only my two legs to support myself. Now tell yourself the same and stop concerning yourself with false praise and friends you'll never meet. Next customer, please. And there you go. Wow. <laughs> not, not to sound like what, a jerk, I mean. <laughs> what is next for you creatively? Where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Um, I'm kind of going on that different track right now, going way deeper, and there will be a... Uh, well, there's a novel in the works. I know writers always say that, but, you know, there's a novel in the works. Um, obviously, uh, more poetry, but it's, it's going to be it's gonna be some, you know, if, if you like the still night, it's probably the direction I'm going. And uh, I like the direction I'm going right now. So Fine. that's where I'm heading. You, know? you remind <laughs> me of Dostoevsky. <laughs> Crime and Punishment. Yes, I, I never would have thought that comparison, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> I can't even spell I that name. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that your work is so real. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I yeah, I do appreciate that. I'm just you know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
can be high class too. <laughs> no, you're all class, man. All class. <laughs> all class. I mean that. Well, uh, look, I want to I want to thank you for gracing us tonight with your work. You know, if it's a great show, it's it's 100% due to being a, having a great guest, and you you're a great guest. And I want you to come back as many times as you'd like to come back. Just call me. Say, Michael, hey, I want to come on, and I'm like, yes, we'll make it happen. Oh man, thank you so much, and I I, I promise to be on a, back a little bit sooner than last time. We, you know, okay. Uh, hopefully, okay. I won't get hit by lightning and nothing will burn down. But you know, <laughs> you, you never know with me, Michael. I'm, yeah, that's I get true. Yeah, you, you, you never know. know. You never know. You never know. Well, to you, I say good night. To our listening audience, I say good night and be safe out there. It's a tough world sometimes, but we can make it. Be evergreen, as John would say. All right, good people. Have a nice evening. Good night. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.